everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Ethos Boston Celtics podcast. It is I, your host, Lucas Gainer, here with my vacationing co-host, Patrick Lounsbury. Hopefully you're enjoying the California sun, my guy. I know you're still taking time to podcast and watch the games, man. really appreciate you doing that while you're on vacation. But, Pat, how's Cali treating you, and how are you feeling after a tough game three loss uh, that we suffered to the Heat, 109-103? Yeah, man, the Celtics are trying to bum me out on my vacation or something. No, I'm kidding. I'm I'm having a great time in in California, enjoying some nice weather. Uh, apologize for all the background noise you might hear throughout the podcast with the birds chirping as I am podcasting outside. Um, but yeah, I'm a little disappointed to see the Celtics crumble and fold over at home like that. But uh, there were still some some things about this game that I was pretty optimistic about after seeing as well. Yeah, you know, obviously it was not ideal there with that terrible first half that the Celtics played. Um, you know, very simply put, if you have more turnovers than assists as a team in a basketball game, you know, I don't care what the context is, man, the chances of you winning that basketball game are quite low. So, you know, the Heat had 19 steals. I think the Celtics had two, you know, just it's not a winning recipe, you know, especially in the playoffs. You know, the Heat brought it in that first half. Simply the Celtics did not. Spolster made some big adjustments. And Pat, one major thing we talked about, you know, after game two was Bam Adebayo being more aggressive on the offensive end. It's like we, like, woke him up, man. I, I laughed at it because I literally remember our podcast and I go, man, me and Lucas were just talking about if the Heat want to have a chance in the series, Bam has to be aggressive. And what does he do in game three? He just comes out completely aggressive. It was ridiculous. I mean, he came out five of five. You know, he finished with 31, 10, and 6, I believe his final stat line was. Truly phenomenal game from Bam, capped off, Pat, by that unbelievable shot clock beating shot that he hit over Horford. Just when shots like that are going down, even though the Celtics, you know, pushed as hard as they could to come back, when shots like that were going down, it just felt like it was too little too late. And the Celtics let the game get out of hand in the first half, which, you know, we can just talk about for a little bit before we dive into the comeback. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, yeah, I wanted to touch on, I mean, the elephant in the room to address, right, is the turnovers and Jason Tatum's performance, right? I think that's easily the the two things that people are probably talking about the most after this game. And like you said, in the you know, this, you can't have more turnovers than assists. And honestly, I think it's more, this game was more on the turnovers than it was on Jason Tatum scoring. Uh, I don't want to like, I don't want to give Jason Tatum a pass for that at all. No, he should have been way better than 10 points. Absolutely. But the thing you look at a stat line is six turnovers. Say Jason Tatum has two turnovers and 10 points. Celtics might be walking out of here with a dub. Um, same thing with Marcus Smart had six turnovers. He wa- or um, he had four turnovers. Uh, not really good. And then Jalen Brown, seven turnovers. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about 17 turnovers between the three guys that probably touched the ball the most in your starting five. You know, they they have five or six less turnovers. We might be talking about how we overcame so many turnovers, you see. Um, so I don't want to talk, you know, too much into the fact that Jason Tatum had an off-scoring night, but it was more so, I think, the turnovers were just killer. The Celtics literally just destroyed themselves by turning over the ball almost on 25% of each possible possession. And you, you do that, you're not going to have a recipe for success. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I would say that while Jason Tatum's scoring was a big factor in this game, you know, you got to have your star player, you know, scoring 
a lot more than just 10 points. I would agree with you, though. The turnovers were for sure, um, you know, the biggest thing. I, I think uh, Jason Tatum with that turnover in the fourth quarter was ridiculous when he tried to hit that cutter. There was like four Heat players and one Celtics. He tried to thread the needle, just was not there. Uh, you know, Jalen had a lot of turnovers. I don't blame Jalen as much, to be completely honest, because at some point we were just running so much offense through him. Like, you know, he was our sole he was pretty much our sole source of offense, you know, for a long while in that game. That I don't blame him as much for the turnovers. Okay, yeah, I'm not gonna say they didn't matter or that it's okay that he had them, but I'm just gonna cut him a little more slack given how much he was actually being used handling the ball. But you know, I think the turnovers, I mean, we said this in the series preview. They got to take care of the ball and they got to execute in the half-court offense. And I think that taking care of the ball obviously did not happen. You know, I think that factors into executing in the half-court. And then on top of that, Tatum not getting his shots in the half-court offense, you know, obviously falls into executing um, offensively. And I think a big reason for that was Spolstra. You know, he ran a zone in games one and two, but in game three, he brought out what appeared to be a sort of matchup zone where every player had a matchup but they also had a zone as well. It's sort of a hybrid, very hard defense to run, also a very hard defense to attack as well. Um, so I'm sure Ime watched a lot of film, tried to figure that out. But I got to give Spolster because, Pat, we were kind of saying, how many adjustments can he make? Well, guess what? There weren't many, but he made the right adjustments. So I got to tip my hat to Eric Spolster. Yeah, Spolster was was crazy with his adjustments. And just one more little point here on the turnovers, just to put it kind of in perspective. There's a difference between just turning over the ball and then, like, having live turnovers and live turnovers is when the team steals it and kind of then has the reaction, right? Now you're scrambled. Well, the Miami Heat had 19 steals out of the 23 turnovers the Celtics had just to give a perspective like that. Those are turnovers that end up turning into live action ball and your defense doesn't get set. And this, we know our defense is great when it sets, but <laughs> getting 19 opportunities for us not to get back uh, or be in a scrambling position. I think that was huge. Spolster did a great job, though, with the adjustments. Man, he maybe when we we started to feel like I don't know, maybe we we got him in a corner. He hits us with a little counter, and and here come the Heat with this uh, this zone action that they were doing. Man, it was phenomenal. They were in the passing lanes a lot. That's also reason for why the steals were so high. They took advantage of the Celtics, you know, not understanding on how to read it. I know that. Uh, Ime's adjustment game is really good, though. So I'm expecting a very, very uh, interesting counterpoint to that today as we are recording on on game day four uh, or game four game day. So I'm, I'm just interested to see what Ime's adjustment is now. Yeah, he's definitely got to make some adjustments. I think one big adjustment, if Rob Will does not play, is put Grant Williams in the starting five instead of Daniel Tice, maybe. You think so, Pat? Um, yeah, I mean – Daniel Tice was one point and what four rebounds, three rebounds. He had one point and three rebounds, and mi- minus thirteen. He was the second worst uh, on the court with the minus, plus minus. The first was Marcus Smart, um, which also we can go into Marcus Smart fouling out and everything like that. But he he wasn't great. He wasn't great. Uh, he w- he was actually way different. I know he had that weird injury that looked like I I thought he was done. I thought he was done for the playoffs. When I saw the the replay of it and looked like his leg got caught under and everything, and I saw the twist on his ankle, I was like, "Oh!" Um, but good thing Mark Smart came back in and stuff. Uh, he he ended up playing a little bit better from there. He w- gave us a lot of momentum, but 
uh, there's a lot of things that he wasn't doing right. And I think it's due to some of the injuries he's trying to play through. Like he's, it's tough for him to defend at a high level with and have that lateral quickness when his leg is hurt. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say he played his best game, but to me, smart did not really stand out as somebody who like played an awful game. I, I, that's just not, that was not one of my main takeaways. Um, I would say that, a name that comes to mind a little bit sooner would be Derek White, honestly. I mean, he hasn't been great. You know, he only played 14 minutes. He didn't make a shot. He didn't score again. You know, he didn't – he wasn't part of the turnover problem, but he just – he's not really posing a threat. You know, he's playing pretty good defense, but I don't know. He just – we need we, – uh, we definitely need more from Derek White, Pat. You would say that's probably fair, right? Yeah, we definitely do. And I don't want no no excuse or anything, but I mean, there's a big possibility he hasn't slept since he's he's been a father. No, no, that's true. I, I got to cut him some slack there. No doubt. You know, I think Smart had, you know, a couple too many turnovers, but, you know, he had a positive. Actually, him and Pritchard were the only guys with – well, him, Pritchard, and Derek White. Derek White only had one assist, but they were the only three guys with positive assist-to-turnover ratios. I mean, that's ridiculous. Daniel Tice cannot be having that negative. I'm not asking for Daniel Tice to have, like, more than one or two assists, but bro, you cannot be turning the ball over more than you're making plays. You know, Horford had a one-to-one ratio. Tatum's was negative. Jalen Brown, one assist, seven turnovers. Like I said, I've Horford to- played good, though. Horford played really good. Well, Horford was solid. Horford 20 was solid. and 14. If you're in 20 and 14 and, and three blocks from Horford, you're you're happy. So, uh, I'm, I'm definitely just, you know, nitpicking about the turnovers at this point. Like, um... And playmaking, but Horford overall, no doubt, played a good game. He was probably the second best. Celt- Actually, I'm not gonna say problem. He was the second. He was the second best Celtic, honestly. But I would say that. So you, you say Smart didn't play very well. I would probably say Smart was our third best player, though. So if our third best, but player, that's an issue. That's exactly, an issue. Exactly. If he's not playing very well, and he was still our third best player, that just goes to show how the Heat jumped out to the 26 point lead. And I mean, the Celtics fought back, but it feels like somewhat of a mirage given that Jimmy Butler did not play, because I don't think we make that comeback if Jimmy Butler plays, no matter how well we play. So that felt like a little bit of a mirage, but nonetheless, it still was better than just seeing us get spanked for four quarters. And, and we also are going to – I'm sure you want to talk about this, so I'll let you kind of go off on it right now, but let's talk about Kyle Lowry's impact. Mm, right. So, you know, I was basically saying to some people listening and just in general, a lot of people were telling me that Kyle Lowry wasn't going to have a major impact coming back. Um, which oh they almost had me believing that Patrick. That's how that's how convinced they were. I I, I believed it. I'm like, I I got convinced into it. And 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 I understand you know that point of view. He's coming off the injury. He's the older, smaller point guard. I get it. But I've said this like probably freaking twenty times since the beginning of the series that my big source of confidence was from the Heat's lack of half court offense execution. Um, and Kyle Lowry just simply, even if he's scoring eight points or six points or like not really doing much in the scoring department. He's going to make that half-court offense run smoother. Um, you know, just in general, that's what he does. He's a good playmaker. He's a good floor general. You know, he can hit shots. He had a couple of really tough shots in this game. And that's what he did. He made their offense run more efficiently, especially when Jimmy wasn't on the court there in that second half, kind of kept them alive, kept them afloat. So, listen, I think Kyle Lowry had a big impact, personally. I mean, Kyle Lowry would have, if he was on the Celtics with that stat line, he would have had uh, the best uh, assist-to-turnover ratio. So, yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, his flow was insane. Like the way he pushed the pace, and there was that that play where um, it was early in the first half, and he ended up getting the ball, and he's already looking downhill, and the Celtics got beat on a make, and 
that play doesn't happen unless Kyle Lowry's point guard because those are the type of paces and, and pushes he makes for the Miami Heat, and he just gets into action so quickly um, and just makes the defense work harder. You have to hustle more when Kyle Lowry's on the court because he's always looking down court trying to find a little crack to to exploit. Right. And the Celtics early on kind of had that that issue, as well as like the Miami Heat came out and just were scorching in this game. I mean, they were hitting everything. And even when the Celtics were making their comebacks, I mean, that you saw some of the tough shots that they made where like Bam is beating the the shot clock violation. And then I think it was Vincent who beat a shot clock violation. Like they had like three or four shot clock violation buzzer beaters. It was insane. I was just like, okay. They were just making the shots that are really tough to make at the end of the day. They're normally 50-50s. And every 50-50 ball seems to go Miami's way when, when Kyle Lowry's on the court as well. So that's something that he was able to improve uh, for yeah. the Miami Heat. Yeah, he's just a dog, man. Classic hustler. I think what you said is a great point. Like, Kyle Lowry's not going to let you sleep in transition defense. He's going to find the open guy. You know, he's going to, like you said, get to those loose balls. So he does a lot of intangible things that I think really, you know, just make the Heat a, a smoother running team. And like you said, those some of those shot clock buzzers were just backbreakers, especially the one from Bam. You know, Kyle Lowry had this turnaround over Al Horford that was frankly ridiculous. I feel like it hit every side of the rim and then bounced in. And uh, I think Struess played a much better game than he played in game two. You know, him stepping up, you know, in that matchup zone definitely saved him a little bit from those one-on-one scenarios in which he clearly cannot hang. Um, but, you know, he was hitting his shots, man. And if he was hitting his shots, if he's hitting, hitting his three balls, contested three balls, you know, that's obviously going to help Miami's offense. And I think that the big one he hit, Pat, was that backbreaker to, to put him up four when the Celtics had finally brought it within one point. He hit that three to bring him back up four. Next possession was that ridiculous bam buzzer beater. So just felt like every time the Celtics were making plays, you know, going on a little bit of a run, they either shot themselves in the foot with a turnover or Miami just made, you know, some sort of big play, you know, to stop bleeding. And uh, that just felt like it was a story of game three for me, Pat, honestly. Yeah, I think the the main takeaway was turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Like that's that's it. At the end of the day, you clean up your game. Uh, I hope the Celtics look at the film and before going into today's game and, and they look at all the turnovers and go, we are better than, than that. Like there's no way that you can go back out here and be like, yeah, let's let's have another 23 turnover game. If you have more than 15 turnovers, like you're already pushing your luck. And they had 23 and still almost had a chance to win the game somehow um, just because of, of the Jimmy Butler absence and – and all that momentum, I think Boston ended up getting from coming back from two injuries, uh, watching Tatum go down with the shoulder and coming back and yeah. juicing the crowd and Marcus Smart coming back. And also, we, we got to talk about how Jalen Brown was just unconscious because he, <laughs> he was hooping. He was hooping. He was a dog. He was, getting his, he was getting his. He was making open shots. He was making contested shots. You know, Jalen enters this, a zone that's just ridiculous sometimes. We've seen it a handful of, like, uh, more than a handful. We've seen it numerous times throughout his career in Boston. And he was in that zone last night. It really, really is too bad that it came in a losing effort. But Jalen was just absolutely locked in. I mean, he was really putting the team on his back for a while there. You know, when Tatum was out with the injury. And then even when Tatum wasn't out with the injury, he was just playing poorly. Like, I I don't want to like go too hard on Jason because everybody has a bad game and Jason's a phenomenal player. But listen, I feel comfortable saying he had a really poor game because Jason himself said he had a really poor game. Jason said that he quote 
left the Celtics hanging. And that's kind of how it felt, man. Jalen balled out. Marcus came back from that injury, hit the three. The crowd erupted. He played really hard on a sprained foot, which is not easy to do. And I know maybe you think he didn't have a great game. Listen, I don't think Smart was particularly bad. I don't think he was phenomenal. I think he had a couple too many turnovers. He wasn't, you know, maybe his full self defensively. But, dude, he came off a sprained ankle. So I'm not going to hold that against him too hard. Uh, And, you know, Jason just didn't have a good game. And I think that's where the majority of the blame – you know, is going to fall. He's going to fall on Jason because a majority of the props falls on Jason when we're playing well and deservedly so. So when he has a pretty tough game, and I think I'm being nice, you know, he definitely deserves a solid portion of the blame. But at the end of the day, Pat, it's a team game, and the team has to got to play better here in Game Four, which we can probably get into by, by now. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, on Jason Tatum too, as well as like he had a terrible game, an unexcusable terrible game. No sugarcoating it. At the end of the day. But it also wasn't all his fault. Like it, does, he doesn't take. As even if the media wants to portray that it's hundred percent his fault, if you wanted to give him sixty percent, cool. You want to give him seventy percent, cool. Like, but at the end of the day, he didn't commit twenty plus turnovers. The team did that as a whole, right? They were bad even with him off the court. You want to talk about the first, uh, first like quarter where he sat and the Celtics still were bad. <laughs> it didn't change anything. They they were all not playing well. Um, some guys started playing better as the game progressed and Tatum was just not one of those guys and he had a tough game, but hearing him take that accountability and how he stated it was that he let his team down. I I think me and you both are going to be expecting Jason Tatum to come in to game four with some type of laser focus to respond. Like, and we've seen it in the past, right? And we saw it in the buck series. I think we've seen it. um, We've seen it in previous series before that we've seen in the next series where he kind of had a little bad game and come back and it's Jason Tatum after he's had a bad game and he always acknowledges it and he, he literally takes credit for it. He never dodges it. He never goes, ah, it was this, ah, it was that. He goes, nah, I let my team down. Like he fully believes that. So I think we're going to see the team um, rally behind him. And I think Jason Tatum's in for a big game. I think so. We've always, we always see Jason bounce back, you know, when he has a game like this. He usually bounces back strong. Just want to see him a little a little more engaged um, off the ball. You know, got to see him taking more shots. Got to see him taking better shots. Um, and, you know, just continue to be locked in on the defensive end, which I think he was for this game. Got to take care of the ball. Treat it like your baby man. Can't just throw it away and not care about it. Um, and I think he's going to bounce back, man. I feel pretty good about game four. Uh, no Tyler Hero tonight. That was breaking news right before we started recording. So that should, you know, hit Miami's offense a little bit. So we should see we should see the big three really have to step up, take a big offensive role. And then guys like Struess, Gabe Vincent, Cody Mar- or Caleb Martin, excuse me. Um, Duncan Robinson will probably see a little bit more. We've got to see them knock down their shots. But should be a big concerted effort from Jimmy, Kyle, and Bam offensively tonight. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. This is a do-or-die game. Because I don't think you can go down to a, a team as scrappy defensively, as physical defensively, as well-coached as Miami. I don't think you can go down 3-1 and win three in a row. It's just not – it's just probably not a realistic thing to ask. You know, I'm not saying it's completely out of the question, but it will be an insanely hard hill to climb, especially with Game 7 being not in Boston this time around. No, I, I agree. You know, the Heat not having Tyler Hero is going to be huge, right? And – 
that just means that another guy in the rotation for the Heat has to step up, whether that's Duncan Robinson or somebody else Eric Spolster goes to. Um, we're still waiting on word from Marcus Smart and Robert Williams news. Still no update as far as that goes. So um, if you guys don't already, you should be following the Sports Ethos Twitter account. Um, as soon as that news does break, it, it will be end up reported. Um, but, man, it's going to be coming down to the Celtics, how healthy they are going into this game. They need Marcus Smart. It would be ideal. If they get Robert Williams back this game, It's it would be huge. I know Tatum's going to play. It's probable he came back in. He looks fine. It looks like he's good to go. So don't expect him to miss it at all. The key, again, is, is this going to be taking care of the basketball. This team has proven time in and time again um, that they they respond when their back is against the wall. This is a game where if they lose, they go down 3-1, and I think they know that and they understand that, and they feel like their back is against the wall, but that's when they rise to their highest level. So I'm expecting them to come out with a lot of energy, uh, take care of the basketball, and locking in on the defensive side, limiting what Miami's trying to do, and just try to – match that physicality they have to match the physicality at the end of the day because if they don't match the physicality then the turnovers come then you know the easy scoring comes because you're just getting bullied and they can't afford to get bullied in this game at all yeah 100 percent agree got to match the physicality got to take care of the ball got to limit the transition opportunities you know i think the Celtics have a pretty good chance to win this game like you said rob will make a huge impact man he does a he has a huge impact when it comes to slowing down Bam, um, and honestly, just slowing down the Heat's actions going towards the hoop. So, hopefully, he's back, man. It'll make a big difference. But I don't know, Pat. Do you got to? Uh, you got any predictions, man? I don't know if I got a prediction in me. Just truth be told, I, 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 I got I got to predict because the people, people for the people, man. Um, I will always predict for the people. I'm gonna go with a Boston victory. In a 105-98 to 98 win. I love that. I love hearing that. Seven-point win. You know, I'm just going to predict Celtics win, too. I feel good. I mean, okay, I don't feel great, honestly. Uh, but uh, I, do feel pretty, <laughs> I do feel pretty good, though. And I think we can squeak it out. But I think it's going to be hard-fought, man, until the buzzer. So hopefully we, uh, hopefully our predictions come through and we you know, squeeze it out. Yeah, man. We're, we're looking forward to that. Uh, make sure you guys head over to uh, – Spotify to make sure you guys go ahead and rate the show five stars. Make sure you guys also head over to Apple Podcasts, five-star ratings and review. That helps us out a lot. You guys can also follow Lucas at Luca underscore Gainer. You can follow me at Ballin Opinions on Twitter. You can also follow the uh, Celtics uh, Sports Ethos Celtics Twitter page. Is that Ethos Celtics, I believe, is that right? Something like that. And then you can also uh, – Lucas has made a TikTok as well. So his editing skills are top tier. So you guys should definitely go and check it out. Yeah, my editing skills are top tier, just like Jason Tatum played a top tier game in game three. So uh, make sure you uh, go ahead and check those out over there. Uh, echo everything Pat said. Toss us a follow on Apple, Spotify, um, Twitter. Uh, and appreciate everybody coming out, listening to the show, and uh, downloading and uh, reviewing the show, everything. I really appreciate every one of you all. Yes, sir. We'll try to get back to you with another episode after this game uh, as soon as possible. Um, I hope you guys all have a good one. Thank you for listening. Peace.